I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, May 21, 2019. We are looking at a chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. And as we suspected, if the market was going to go higher, it would make a run for the 50-period moving average. That's exactly what happened today. And that's basically where the market got stuck in the mud. It traded basically at the same place all day long. We had a gap and sideways rather than a gap and go or a gap and crap. There's your intraday range using a five-minute chart, and you can see at its extremes, the market was at about $1.50 in range or about 15 S&P handles. So it was a relatively quiet day. In comparison, we didn't have any of those large swings in both directions today, minus the gap higher at the open. So it was a quiet day. We just went sideways. So be it. What does it tell us? That's what's more important. Or in fact, does it tell us anything? Well, it might. So let's take a look a little bit deeper and let's go over to an hourly chart and take a peek over there. Same routine. It's basically the same chart we just looked at, only visually different because we're looking at an hourly chart. But what you can see happened is essentially the market is making a bull flag pattern here we have the flagpole which is from yesterday's close the gap higher and here's the flag we basically traded in the upper end of the flagpole creating the flag that generally resumes in another move to the upside now let me mention something else We just discussed the gap higher at the open, but let's go back to yesterday and take a look at what happened. As a refresher, we talked about the fact late in the day, they spiked through the low just by a few pennies, two ticks in the S&P E-mini contract. That's right over here. They spiked through it with a half an hour left to the close, rallied away from that area. The market shut down. What happened? This same pattern that we see over and over and over again ended up working out to the upside. So here's what to focus on. And this is really for traders that have taken the lazy e-mini trader course. You see things that are taught in the course. You know where the trade would have went bad. The issue is it was at the end of the day. We talked about that yesterday. Had it not been at the end of the day, might have been a different scenario because we certainly did have something to trade against. But nevertheless, that brings us to where we are now. So let's discuss the possibilities. So this is slightly different than the bullish wedge pattern. So that's a bullish wedge pattern. And this is essentially a bull flag pattern. The difference is that the flag pattern is a lot more cleaner in nature, however, holds more risk. So the risk-reward goes like this. Here's the reward, but the risk is the pattern essentially and technically is still intact as long as you don't close below the low of the flag. In this case, we have a different scenario. In this case, we have a gap higher. So we know that any hourly close below the low here at 285 
55, any hourly close below that, and that bull flag pattern is really off the table. So there's a little chart lesson for you. This can be applied to any chart, any time frame, any vehicle whatsoever. Stocks, commodities, hourly charts, daily charts, weekly charts, 10-minute charts. Doesn't matter. All charts act and react the same way, which is everything that we teach in depth in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. What's on tap the rest of the week? Well, nobody really knows day by day exactly what's going to happen, but we are going into a three-day holiday weekend. So, that being the case, what traditionally happens is the volume as the week goes on gets lighter and lighter and lighter. Even today, we had very light volume. You can see down at the bottom, we only traded 44.5 million shares on the SPY. That's significantly less than the average 90-day volume that comes in over 72 million shares. So therefore, we can expect, unless we have a big heavy sell day, for example, you can expect the volume to remain and even continue to get lighter throughout the week. Let's say that is the case. What we also know is that the path of least resistance when there is light volume is to the upside. There's an old wives' tale or some kind of tale that says never short a dull market. Today was a good example of a dull market. You banter back and forth. Sorry, Cindy, I get it. It's an inside thing. Cindy and I had a discussion on the word banter. We're going to move on. So other things that can happen is, for argument's sake, being that we're tied, right? We feel like we're tied in terms of the market and the media to the China trade slash tariff deals. Now, I'm here to tell you that I think this is a sideshow. I've said that before. It's more of an excuse than anything else. However, we can certainly get day in, day out jolts one way or the other with some interesting headlines and or tweets. It's more of kabuki theater than anything else, but it's fun to watch. It's somewhat like a soap opera. So that being the case, if the market pushed higher, where are they going to the upside? Where is the next logical area of overhead resistance? Where's the real next area of overhead resistance? Well, it has to be around the 20-period moving average, around 289, maybe a slight spike through 289, 289 and a quarter or so, but that's about it. Right there should be under normal garden variety market conditions, overhead resistance. Now, let's look at the market a different way for a second. A little bit of anticipation. There are a couple of different ways. There's a variety of different ways to look at the market. Let's take it from a visual perspective and let's put some pen to the paper. So if you look at it like this, so the market made a low here and we could be doing one of these, right? We do this all the time. We have an A leg up, a B leg down, and a C leg would complete, technically complete, above the high of the A leg. Now, we don't know how high the C leg can go. Maybe the C leg goes to new highs. Maybe it fails just above the high of the A leg. It's not important right now. I just want to visually bring this to your attention because that appears to be something that could be developing. 
that would put the market up in the range or above the 20-period moving average. Maybe the sea leg fails. It's just the concept of what seems to be unfolding depending on how you want to view the market. There's another way to view the market. We have a move down off the highs from May 1st, and we're essentially making a bearish wedge pattern that will ultimately play out to the downside. Now, we can certainly come up here, and that also satisfies the ABC pattern that we just discussed a moment ago. So you see how you can have bullish and bearish depending on whether you're talking about the very short term, the intermediate term, the longer term. You can trade both sides of the tape. We do trade both sides of the tape. Could we get above the 20-period moving average and make new highs? The market can do anything. We always have to be aware of both sides of the market, and we always have to be aware of the unexpected. So let's just say we started getting above and closing above daily, more than just once, the 20-period moving average. We would begin to have that discussion. Is it likely the market just runs up and makes new highs tomorrow? It's possible, but it's highly improbable. Remember what else we've been discussing. For those of you looking for another leg down in this market, we've been discussing for quite some time. We discussed this over and over and over again. Let's give a little reminder. I think it's worth the while, which is the bulls never ever want to give up the ghost that easily. They put up a fight. Many people down here believe the market was going lower. We found support and rallied a little bit. Now, the same people that thought the market was going lower here are getting sucked into the bullish side and they'll likely get sucked in up here or up here and then they'll end up taking another ride down and then you have what's called LIFO. For those of you that have ever taken an accounting class, that's last in, first out. We'll give another example. One of our friends might have suggested after yesterday's close that the market, quote-unquote, and I'm doing the air quotes, looked heavy. When I saw that post, I suggested that we might necessarily see a rally today. I'm certainly not bringing this up to pick on anybody. What I'm doing is I'm trying to point something out that's really, really important that we all need to get a grasp around, which is when it feels right, it's generally wrong. When it feels wrong, it's generally right. Once you get used to that scenario, then you actually do what's right when it's right and what's wrong, you don't do. But the term feels doesn't actually feel like anything. It's not a term that applies to the market because you can't feel the market. But where does that come from? It's the psychology behind the market. It comes from us listening to other people talk about the market and what we believe they're saying or we select what we want to hear of what they're saying. That's in a sense how we draw our conclusion for ourselves, also known as self-justification of what we then believe the market will do next. And that, my friends, is really how it works. It's not a lot more complicated than that. We do it to ourselves over and over and over again. Once you have the realization, you stop doing it. And guess what? The trading gets better. How do you like them apples?
Let's pay a visit over in Camp IWM. What's going on over here? Well, they did the thing where it looks like everybody's going to step off the ledge into the pool and only one guy falls off and then they go around in the other direction. That would be the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. But what's actually going on here? Well, it should look familiar because this is a bare flag pattern, essentially, with one little spike above. But you have this down move and you have a bare flag pattern. This will generally play out in the downward direction. We do this over and over and over again because these things happen over and over and over again. They don't always work, and we have to adjust in real time at times. It is what it is, but that's the makeup of the market. That's the design of the market. I wish that everything that I said at night would come true the next day, but that's just not the case. We have to make adjustments in real time. That's what Inside the Numbers members get every single day. Whatever I discussed the night before is certainly adjusted, refined, and detailed out long before the market opens at 9.30 in the morning. Now, back to the IWM. Let's say the market does spike higher. Let's say we have another up day or two. Let's say we go up into the holiday weekend. We can go up into the moving averages. We can go up higher than the moving averages. It doesn't really change anything. What it does is it potentially turns a bear flag pattern into a bearish wedge pattern. And that's what it would ultimately look like. This is a, I think the term is hypothesized drawing, meaning it's a projection. It's fake until and unless it actually happens. But we're just talking around things, giving you the scenarios now. Out of a pattern like this, a bear flag pattern, we can certainly break down at any time. What we all have to be prepared for is the trapdoor sunrise. You wake up, you check the market, next scene shows, we have a gap and go to the downside on our hands. That's eventually going to take place, you just don't necessarily know what day it's going to take place. There's a lot of people out there that will make predictions. They will tell you what the market's going to do next Tuesday. They'll tell you what the market's going to do tomorrow. And once in a blue moon, they're right. So they come back over the top and say, see, I told you so. But what they don't tell you is they were wrong 82 times first. Like I said before, we just have to be aware and try and steer clear away from the hooligans out there. What's going on down at the transportation department? Same routine. You can see the writing is almost on the wall. It looks like we're going to trade up to the 20 period moving average. Will we? I have no idea. But it doesn't change what's developing. Is it a bear flag pattern? Is it a bearish wedge pattern? You can call it whatever you want until and unless we at least begin closing more than just one day above the 20 period moving average, the trend is down, and this is a rally in a downtrend. Remember, we get big swings in both directions, not necessarily every day, but when the market does correct and we turn to what's called a bearish part of the market, we don't have to call it a bear market in the TV sense of the term. They want to assign a number, a percentage, in order to call it a bear market. I'm just using the term saying, if we're going down, if we're headed south, it's bearish. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. The tech sector, the triple Qs, 
interesting scenario we're in here. They're fighting their way back just to get to the 50 period moving average. So we've got a different position based on which chart we're looking at, but they all basically are telling us the same thing. Until they're not, then they are. We don't need to make it any more complicated than that. The trend is turned down until it's not. Now here's a good one. Taking a stop down in the financial district, we found this yesterday as somewhat of a short-term or canary in the coal mine. We saw the divergence. We discussed it. There wasn't anything you can do with that information at the time or even by the opening bell this morning unless you were trading futures. That's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is you can see that when these certain indicators that I like to use, the XLF, the SMH, the transports, the IWM, and others. When I start to use these and we start to see the same thing occur over and over and over again, then you start to get the point that, hey, this works. And it's not any more complicated than that. Too many people like to complicate this stuff way too much. I'm not saying it's easy. It takes work. You have to work at it. It takes time, but everybody can do it. You just have to apply yourself. And I'm here to tell you, knowledge is power. With the knowledge, you have the power. And let's remind ourselves of one other thing as it relates to the financials. We always say this. Without the financials, it's unlikely the market's going to get very far in either direction. So, for example, if the financials are rallying to the upside, is it likely we're going to see the market fall out of bed? It could happen, but it's unlikely to happen. So when you look in a mirror, the same thing applies. We saw the financials rallying yesterday. The rest of the market followed suit today. What was one of the excuses? The semiconductor space. Now, here's another interesting one. There's a number of interesting things on this chart. We're going to go through them all. First, long before the SMH got here, we talked about this $100 area. Was it 101? Was it 100.50? What was the low yesterday? The low was 100.58. So we knew the zone long, long before price got here. This was on the chart from who knows when. You can go back and check the videos. We also discussed this channel. So let's go back to the channel for a second. The channel comes from the hourly chart. Now we've talked about this channel maybe three or four times. I would say the channel's important. Look what's going on. We drop below it, we get back above. We drop below it, we test it, we get back above. So now we're back above after getting to, or at least close enough to, the big fat round number of $100 a share in the SMH. Now, I'm not saying it has to be long-standing support, but generally speaking, we knew about that number, not necessarily to the penny, but we knew about that zone long before price got there, probably $10 ago. So price comes into there based on, or at least quote-unquote, air quotes again, based on the horrific news for the semiconductors as it relates to the China tariff and trade war deal. All of a sudden, it finds support where we said it would find support and we get a relief rally because they relieve some of the sanctions as it relates to the telecom company Huawei that's been in the news and that directly impacts the semiconductor space. You see how this all works? Is it the numbers or the news? Which comes first? Is it the chicken or the egg? 
Now, one last thing on this chart. Look at this candle here going all the way up to, and I don't even know the number it goes up to. It goes up to a high of 106.70. Now, what's interesting is there's a gap up here, but what's more interesting is here's a 10-minute chart. We never traded up there today. Back to that 60-minute chart. We never traded up there today. 106.70 is all the way up here. We never traded up above the 50-period moving average on the hourly chart today. So what kind of shenanigans are they trying to pull now? We've seen this before, and we've also seen these disappear the following day or even the same day. Like I said, I know my numbers, and I know we didn't trade up there. And we'll leave it at that tonight. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.